Last night on New Year's Eve, Maria and I walked to a nearby hotel called the Esme to get a drink at their rooftop bar, which is called The Roof. And we noticed along the way that the streets of Miami Beach were weirdly quiet. But a lot of businesses were open and a lot of people were working. And as we walked around, I kept noticing the people who were minding their post, doing their job, the servers and the idling cops and the hostesses outside of every restaurant, all of them wearing short black dresses and lipstick and trying to smile. There was a woman who set up a small speaker and a microphone on Lincoln Road so that she could sing hallelujah over and over. I looked at all these people who were working and I started feeling sympathy, thinking that behind every one of those very professional strides or the dutiful face or the obliging smile, there's a person with a private life. They've got families and friends that they weren't able to see tonight because they had to come to work and isn't that so unfortunate. I tried for a minute to entertain the idea that some of the people working in the service industry on New Year's Eve are maybe pretty glad to be there, earn a little money on a night when people are inclined to be kind of generous with their tips. I remember at Cheesecake Factory, I knew a bartender who right in front of me one day, he, he dropped his cell phone and the screen completely shattered. This was 10 years ago when the phones were made of brittler stuff. But the phone shattered and he looked at it in an absolute panic because he needed it obviously for work. He didn't have the money to get it fixed or to replace it. Then he froze because he got an idea. And over the next few minutes, he went around to his colleagues, mostly the bartenders and the barbacks, and he asked if they had any shifts that week that they wanted to drop, ideally over the next couple days. And in the course of 30 minutes or so, he had picked up four consecutive shifts, two doubles in a row. He ended up bartending for 30 of the ensuing 48 hours. And in that time, he made enough money to replace the iPhone that he had shattered and to replace it with a newer model. And I thought that was an awesome story and an awesome situation when I was 22, also working at that restaurant, but I was earning $9 an hour as a host. I would have had to work eight consecutive doubles in order to make that much money. But now that I'm older, that story seems a little sad. It is cool that he was able to just pick up shifts on the fly when he needed a little money and a crunch. If he needed $1,000, he could conceivably generate $1,000 in the course of 48 hours. But it's sad to remember that he was straining his body, he was losing sleep in order to get this done. And it's sad in a deeper way when you realize that his normal schedule, being what it was full-time with benefits, he still never earned enough money that he could set it aside and make a sort of safety net for himself to accommodate this kind of eventuality. Also upstairs at the rooftop bar, I tried a new beer for the first time in a while, an IPA called Everhaze from a local brewery called Tripping Animals out in Doral. And it was light and it was like earthy and floral and I really wanted another one. But each can was $15 with the automatic gratuity, so I only had one. There's a relative of mine who lives a bit far away from family. She kind of keeps to herself and she showed up at a family get together 
a few years ago and she like kind of disarmed everybody because she was really skinny and really pale and her fingernails were almost four inches long. When she sat down close to somebody, they noticed that she was shaking, that she'd lost several teeth and that the ones that she had held on to were all in like disrepair. A relative ended up taking her to a doctor a couple days later to see if something was wrong. And after she spoke with the doctor for a while, it turned out that all of these weird symptoms, they stemmed from this one routine that she had been keeping probably for years at this point where every morning she would wake up early and she would have a quick breakfast by herself and starting at around 9 a.m she would open up a, a brand new 24 pack of natty ice and proceed to drink every single can one after the other until it was time to go to bed and start over whenever andre the giant comes up in conversation i always take out my phone and pull up some of the photos where he's holding a beer in his fist because i think that's the best way of giving context to how huge he was andre the giant once drank 119 beers in a single sitting another story about andre the giant is that while he was growing up in france he got too big for the school bus and he had to be driven to school in the back of samuel beckett's truck both of those stories might be false but i choose to believe them it's a matter of faith but so is a new year's resolution a resolver makes a resolution which is essentially a promise to herself that she's going to make x y and z changes in her life and over the course of the year she'll suffer the inconveniences of those changes but also reap the benefits I tend to be shy about doing New Year's resolutions and try, instead, to make resolutions on my birthday. The reason for this, and it's not like grounded in any kind of research, but I feel like if you're looking at social media and you see this sort of culture-wide chorus of people pledging to lose weight or build a car from scratch or learn how to cook or run a marathon, then you will join in on that chorus and you will make a, a similar pledge, a promise to yourself. But when you see that it's something that just the whole culture is doing at once, and when you see that nobody is really held all that punishingly accountable if they kind of fall by the wayside, if they don't quite meet their resolution, I think it prompts you to find a little bit of an exit, a little bit of, a, of an excuse for abandoning your own pledge to yourself. I work in a grocery store on Miami Beach, and it's part of a chain with hundreds of locations. But the Miami Beach location, for whatever reason, happens to sell the most produce, and it is apparently the most produced by a wide margin. Some of the theories is that uh, it's a beach town and so people are more mindful of their appearance. I don't know what it is. But today is January 1st and over the next three weeks the store will stock and sell almost twice as much produce as they sell during any other time of the year. Data shows it's basically a 20-day trend where fruits and veggies will sell through the roof, sales of alcohol and candy will plummet over the course of three weeks, scales will glide back to normal. Anyways, Marie and I had one drink each at the bar and the total was $49.90. And after that we went home and we made burritos and this finally got me watching Pitts Creek, so we watched three episodes of that and fell asleep by 11. Marie's only New Year resolution is to foster better relationships at work and with friends. She's a fitness instructor, teaches classes, and offers private sessions, so obviously if you're an independent contractor, professional relationships are critical. But she's noticed over the past two years that when you're running your own business, it's very easy to let your friendships languish. So she wants to get better at balancing those scales. My own New Year's resolution, apart from trying new things, is to read a hundred books. I make the same resolution every single year. I've never met it once, but that's part of the thrill of New Year's Eve. Making the same promise, doing it quietly, knowing you're likely to fail, but knowing that this just might be the year you end up surprising yourself.